This is Vanity Project with Laura and Charles. Watch the gay men get quiet. Very unserious lipstick lesbian. This is the part where... There is no such thing as a slut. There is no such thing as a bitch. When I look back on my life... This really is the podcast for me. Or like non-representational or something like that. And this person said existential. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can't say existential. Go read a Whitechapel book and try again. <laughs> it's like okay. mortifying for this kid. Anyway, yeah, so... He quit art. He quit art. He it's went like to study out of like, uni. He was probably like 20 years old. Like, absolutely he like... probably had a crisis. Probably had a crisis. Probably his first time saying the word existential out you know, loud. He probably had an existential crisis. <laughs> I don't think I've said it. This thing is the first time I've said existential in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> And we should bring it back. So, um, one time we were talking, like, you know, like you're always talking about like artist affinities in um, uni. And my teacher said, um, you should look at Sharon Hayes' work. And the way she, he was saying it was like, look at this artwork. It's probably on the Tate Museum, whatever. Her name's Sharon Hayes. It's going to change your life. Anyway, I have to go speak to the next student. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and looked up this artwork and I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Like, that's beautiful and so central to like the things that I'm thinking about and then I finally went um overseas last year and saw it at the Tate and really like spent a lot of time with it and it's this beautiful like the way it's installed was it was a live performance so in the gallery space they have like four or five speakers and each one like plays a different recording of when she performed it Mm -hmm. and the work is called everything else has failed don't you think it's time for love which is just it's a bit sweet it's just delightful pretty beautiful it's a bit sweet isn't it honestly everything else has failed don't you think it's time for an interview with francis carmody that's very grand i started i've got time for love i started recording (laughs) time for love about an hour what do you say we've got about an hour's time it sounds very beautiful i started recording while you were telling the story laura do you want to check that it's actually recording yeah yeah it's recording it's happening (laughs) we are um sitting uh in francis carmody's artist studio Mm -hmm. at gertrude contemporary welcome welcome it's a pleasure to have you here (laughs) (laughs) thank you for having us um delightful uh we (laughs) we are here on behalf of um un magazine Mm -hmm. un uh unextended Mm -hmm. uh special thanks to audrey fister for um for this lovely opportunity um francis is uh, an artist in residence here can i say that that's, yeah that's what it is since october since october so it's uh, your first year in the first year, year program. In, the, in the program mm-hmm. and i feel really settled i feel like i've kind of broken it broken it in uh-huh it's taken a while to get this couch in here <laughs> right when did you and get the, the couch in? chairs uh like two weeks ago oh no way cool so we'd have been doing this on the floor we would have been doing it on the floor. But I wouldn't do that to you guys. So, Aww. Hence the couch. Hence the we've, couch. we've podcasted from more precarious oh, I can, um, situations. I can, I can imagine. It's quite a mobile medium in some totally. senses. And we are sitting under a fabulous mobile, which, you've, <laughs> That's been, a... which you've been talking about. Um, What's the name of this work? Oh, what is it called? It's like, the, I was really annoying. I used like the Latin name of the pea plant. Mm-hmm. It's like potassium 
So Aurora Potassium something something. See, That's it's bad. kind of your your punishment for for using a the Latin, Latin name, name is that now you, you have to. I can't pronounce. It's probably the first time that I've yeah. been asked to say it out loud, but <laughs> 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 which is, I guess, a bit embarrassing. But it's. Um, <laughs> That's the problem with yeah, like that's from with recording, <laughs> right, right, right. It's not meant to be spoken, no. just read. Right. You just look at it. that's Latin. That's, that's Latin. We'll, that's we'll, keep, we'll Latin. keep it over there. Oh, how funny! And um, and so when did you start to feel kind of like settled in the studio here? Was it was it two weeks ago when you got the couch? I think maybe kind of like two maybe two months ago. Yeah, awesome. Kind of getting settled in. It's pretty. People move in. It's quite. It's almost like a revolving door because mm-hmm. your, your entry is staggered over the the one year period. Mm-hmm. So your exit is also staggered. So there's right. kind of always people coming through. Nathan mm. Beard's just moved in. He's been really lovely to get to know to know him, and that's yeah, mm. it's amazing. And you get to do these um, really really cool, really beautiful group shows with the kind of like cohort or like um, you know uh, uh, rotating door of artists that are coming through the program. Um, how kind of uh, intimately, I guess, do you get to know the other artists here? Is there any chance for um, kind of collaboration or what does the interaction kind of look like? Yeah, so there's a studio show in the kind of main two Gertrude spaces in yeah. Preston um, at the end of each year, which is curated by the guest curator in residence. Last year was Timothy Riley Walsh and this year is uh, Amelia Winata. And it's pretty, I, I just moved in right before the last studio show, so I was very. Um, very fresh and made kind of a small sculptural work mm. and I'm kind of thinking more about it this year I think it's really kind of a it's a, a place where people are just showing what they're working on at the moment and working through mm. I can't think of any kind of directly collaborative works but I'm sure that they they arise it's often mm. it's a you've got to draw a long bow to kind of bring 16 quite different practices yeah, together wow. mm. so i think it's it's a real you know it's a challenge but it's kind of what makes it a little bit exciting as well totally, totally. and we've been talking about kind of drawing long bows and how how exciting that can be like what a, a kind of process of curiosity that can be to bring together um these like maybe disparate ideas in this very investigative investigative kind of way Mm. Um, and that seems central to your way of working as well like drawing the long bow from um, A to B to C or the way to Z is is happening through the course of making these works right yeah most definitely I feel like I've been I suppose conversationally referring to my practices um, or referring to it as a as an alibi just (laughs) using it as an excuse to reach out to people across different disciplines and um, technical capabilities to make and kind of contribute towards projects. And I suppose the projects themselves are connected through an interest in looking at the past to predict the future, to kind of consider where we're going and relish the fact that there is so much still unknown and how we might kind of create new uh, mythologies or myths for our kind of present day. Mm. And very much um, at this point, engaging with the exhibition language and the art structure, Mm. of which the studio practice is kind of Mm. one of them. And would you say like the exhibition structure or um, that kind of like language or mode of making is, is like, is that driven by being here, having the two year program or would it be a part of 
the making regardless? I think the program is kind of a supporting step. The practice has been going um, before kind of entering this this space. Mm. It would have to be. Like it's (laughs) kind of the nature of these things is that they're Mm. kind of continuing. But having like a, a sizable studio definitely is advantageous in thinking about scale and yeah, mm. totally. kind of gives you a bit of confidence to reach out, reach out to people or send an email that maybe you wouldn't have. Mm. For sure, for sure. And I've been finding that a really rewarding mm. and um, generative space to sit in. Mm. Sure, sure. So speaking about um, before, um, you know, your, your time investigating and... Um, making uh before you came to Gertrude Contemporary for how long have you been uh making art and using it as an alibi where did that begin <laughs> where did that begin and what is it an alibi for yeah. so good I haven't yeah that's a good point I suppose I've been making art since a long a long time I guess formally like quite a long time yeah. ever since I was like young painting uh-huh. and sculpting nice. I guess from like a practice sense Maybe I finished art school in 2019, so uh-huh. December 2019. <laughs> that's, if that's when you start, but it's it really all started at December 19. It's really kind of a um, quite expansive, but I guess I've just been saying six six years. It feels a bit grand to call it a practice. I feel like I've got a uh-huh. collection of works that are scratching at something, and mm. I'm kind of getting. I get really excited. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so cool to be really excited about something. And um, the thing that you were showing us that you are working on kind of is thinking about the myth of Atlas, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And timelines and toothaches. And I'm wondering, since you were referring to emailing people, calling people, getting in Mm. touch with people that you wouldn't otherwise maybe have a reason to, who, who, who do you get to consult about toothaches? and atlas yes, for sure are there dentists involved <laughs> there is are. that why you're going to the dentist I mean, tomorrow I'm, morning I'm, somewhat humorously, I'm going to the dentist tomorrow and i'm so excited to talk oh, to you're them. excited yeah. about it well i mean i've, I've got two cavities oh congratulations <laughs> thank you very much got weak in that one you needed to you needed to find an excuse to reach out to a dentist this was the kind of um alibi you needed was yeah i'm gonna be there she's gonna like have you've been the sitting in the studio drinking soft drink <laughs> gallons and gallons do they give grants for soft drink it would, i should be able to it would be great to get dental fees covered oh my god yeah that's expanded research that's hilarious but i guess i mean yes the project that i'm kind of um planning for an upcoming show at Glasshouse in October mm-hmm. is kind of looking at the relationship between appetite and decay uh-huh. through this proposed extension to the myth of Atlas. Mm. And for the for those of us in, um, in, in the, the room world, even. in the room even perhaps, and maybe the people listening that don't know about the myth of Atlas, could you explain what that is? The myth of Atlas being, it kind of varies. There's one that involves... Um, Hercules okay but it they all end in um kind of Atlas being as a punishment carrying the weight of the world mm. right it's a figure from Greek mythology where he is kind of eternally idle supporting mm. the weight mm. of the globe mm. and this is how you feel um at Gertrude Contemporary not at all <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's very um it's a very grand 
tale that I really yeah. do not identify with okay. at all. <laughs> I suppose it became relevant when looking kind of at this expanded uh, research into tooth incantations and right. our, our own creation story as we kind of understand it mm. within Western scientific culture, mm. Big Bang to present day and thinking how Atlas is this figure who's kind of been present throughout it, throughout it all might be an appropriate source to extend it and in this, this kind of extension that I'm pro- a sculptural show that will be telling this story Atlas has had to go to the dentist because he's got a really bad toothache and it's mm. more painful than even carrying the weight of the world itself wow. right and right. the tropics of Cancer and Capricorn the kind of two longitudinal lines mm-hmm. have kind of become personified at sculptures and are carrying the world mm-hmm. while Atlas goes to this celestial <laughs> dentist. Celestial dentist. Awesome. And so um, do you have questions prepared for your dentist tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> I, so, I mean... Would you like to do a role play? <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is good practice. I could be dental assistant if you'll be dentist, Charles. <laughs> I would like you to feel empowered enough to be the dentist. <laughs> I can do that too. I suppose there's like dental. There's always a technician, and like there's always lots Last of like. Last time I went to the dentist, and my dentist, who I thought was a nice man, was so mean to his female um, dental nurse, oh, like dental that. assistant. Yeah, he wasn't nice to her. Anyway, that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> grim, yeah, really grim. So, what will you be asking your dentist? What's your dentist's name? If you could just dox your dentist. Right I don't know because like, oh. I'm, I'm the same with like getting uh, like hairdressers. I never go. To the same, to the same one. <gasps> to the same place twice. Like I had my wisdom teeth out recently, and they had to get it. They was they were really big, so I had to go twice in the chair, and that was quite an experience. I don't want to go back to him because that really fucking hurt. And right, then right, right, bad memories. Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't checked. I'm not sure specifically what I might ask them. I think I, I'm really curious about the UV light that they mm. use to mm. like set mm. the cavity. Mm. Um, it's pretty fillings. striking, literally. Very striking. And the little orange orange acrylic screen that you see as they do it to protect themselves. Yes, yes, yes. And also the handheld um, x-ray device that you bite on. I'm curious to see like, what other images you could make with that. Right. Yeah, they're all really beautiful and powerful and expensive tools that they oh, have yeah. there. At the de- like the mold. I always think whenever I had to make a freaking mold... Um, at uni for like any sort of project I thought about the kind of like the necessary accuracy of the dental mold Mm -hmm. and like actually how good they must be at taking molds for things Mm -hmm. and how fucking hard it is to take a fucking mold Um, and how unpleasant it is to have that goop in your mouth oh my god it's not no, so how are you going to ask all these questions with the dentist? Yeah, be a lot of fingers uh, in your uh, mouth. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's not really a conversational place. I mean, I did invite you both to yeah. come and do this conversation at the dentist, and it still hilarious. it still stands. It still stands. But do we go maybe to the we should. It would be just a lot of me in the chair with my mouth. <laughs> if you guys go, we maybe we can help the interviewing yeah. the dentist. You can rope the podcasters in as an alibi. It could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Um, yeah, fuck. It's yeah. in Carlton. Carlton Dental. Oh, great. Right. Just Walking distance. 
<laughs> the other thing we proposed for this was um, to do a little derivé, <laughs> yeah. but maybe going to the dentist with you will suffice. <laughs> it's kind of the fun. <laughs> totally, totally. I'm totally synchronized. I've got to go visit my dentist because the other day I've been, I've been like eating a lot of raw carrots recently. I like believe that they're gonna help me um, in you know um, in a um, subchemical kind of way, but. Um, it what it's led to is like the loosening of my permanent retina in my teeth and then oh. the other day it came out of my mouth like the whole thing the whole no, permanent retina like, oh, so i just have the glue at the <laughs> on the bottom <laughs> so i have to get that out and um um my dentist name i didn't go to the dentist for like five years after i got my braces off because i was like that was i don't know Trump if you know it was um but my dentist name now is angel which really helps that's that's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Make you feel relaxing. Relax. Yeah. Totally. It was like a soft entry back into dentistry. <laughs> it's really good. My dentist, last time I went, gave me a jaw massage. Oh, what? Oh, that's more bang for what I, what I thought was a jaw massage. Like, started, like, dentist just, like, massaging my jaw. Dentist with happy ending. But it was not, it was, it was very clinical because she said, do you get do you grind your teeth? And I was like, oh, I don't think so. And she was like, you do. I can feel it. There's a lot of tension. And I was like, oh. Oh my God. But <laughs> That's hilarious. And now I'm like, it's really nice. Yeah. Maybe Atlas also needs a dental massage. I think Atlas does. Yeah. He needs a lot of, he needs some help. Some kind of intervention. <laughs> he needs some help. Well, he's been carrying the world. He can't possibly brush his teeth in no, millennia. That's true. That's yeah. true. I mean, I know it's ridiculous, but. <laughs> God, imagine the breath. Yeah, terrible. We can speculate. We can speculate. And you also gave us a bit of homework before we came to interview you. <laughs> in the feel form like homework. Of um, an Abyssinian tooth incantation. Is that right? Assyrian. Yes. Yeah, this is kind of the. St- what was that? was like the starting point mm-hmm. for this project was this yeah ancient Assyrian tooth incantation that I suppose I should read a bit. It's kind of there um, from 1000 BC. Um, <clears throat> in ancient times, this is kind of a prelude. Um, in ancient times, in everyday speech and custom, the most mundane happenings were connected with the grandest cosmic events. A charming example um, is an incantation against the worm, which the Assyrians of 1000 BC imagined to cause toothache. Um, it begins with the origin of the universe and ends with a cure for the toothache. And the, I suppose an excerpt of the incantation goes, after Anu had created the heaven, and the heaven had created the earth, and the earth had created the rivers, and the rivers had created the canals, and the canals had created the morass, and the morass had created the worm. The worm went before Shamash, weeping, his tears flowing before air. What wilt thou give me for my food? What wilt thou give me for my drink? And then um, would reply, I will give thee the dried fig and the apricot. What are these to me? The dried fig and the apricot. Lift me up and, the, and among the teeth and the gums let me dwell, because thou hast Thou hast said this, O worm, may Ea smite thee with the might of his hand. Incantation against a toothache. So, mm. very scientific. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the, um, the most mundane happenings connected with the grandest cosmic events. It rings true to um, uh, some other, you know, works of yours that we uh, discovered online 
um, you know, just looking into your practice and thinking about, uh, like we said, these, um, these emails and these ways of connecting, um, that start with mundane happenings. Mm. Um, uh, what draws you to, uh, to those quote unquote mundane happenings? Why, why do you think it's worth, um, extrapolating the cosmic, cosmic, uh, I don't know. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. I feel like they don't always end up as grand as cosmic. Although mm. I have to be honest, I have been really enjoying like thinking at this at this scale and the, <laughs> this, I suppose the space because there is so much unknown. Mm. But um, <clears throat> you're right. I think it's. I just try and stay. I'm pretty curious. Mm. <laughs> I know that's really quite simple, and I'm, I find. a lot of nourishment in drawing connections between things or Mm. kind Uh of pulling a lever in one space and seeing what reacts in another and how Mm. it's so complex. What's going on? (laughs) What the fuck are we? We like got in an Uber on the way here, which was was very luxe, but, um, but we're rock stars. So, um, and we had the, the like, best question mark uber driver i'm not sure question mark definitely question mark (laughs) and he had this like beautiful greek accent and and he he, like really i i just like sensed from him that he really wanted to have a chat and i Mm -hmm. kind of felt like having a chat and he was missed to have a chat and um and it kept like he kept like sharp like turn into like a dark place like the negativism um in all of our attempts to do, um, you know, delightful small talk with this man, he would bring up the most dark and depressing and um, serious, somber stories. Um, <laughs> like Charles would say, like, um, oh, what do you... He would be such a great... Per- if you ever had the need to talk to an Uber driver, like, this is the one. Charles would say to him, like, oh, um, so, you know, uh, he mentioned that when he is done Uber driving, he wants to go and watch something on TV. Mm. Charles says, oh, well, what is it that you like to watch? And he said, you know, mainly documentaries such as those <laughs> on, you know, animals or maybe like the war in Somalia and, you know, what's happening in Ukraine. And, and then he goes and then... <laughs> he goes on this sort of long <laughs> spiel about Somalia and how nobody cares about the civil war. They only care about Ukraine because of, you know, NATO. And, and we were like, I was, I was just going to, like, I was just expecting you to say, like, the footy or, like, Real Housewives. Um, and it was really funny. And then, like, not five minutes later did we, um, you know, he, he, we were talking about how we're not from here and we're on a holiday. And he said, you know, you're recharging your batteries. And I said, yep. Um, what, where will you go to recharge your batteries next? And he said, um, when he can't go back to Greece, um, he hops on his motorbike and he goes straight to Kupapiti. And we're like, wow, wow. how interesting. No, why? No, why I'm, really cu- I'm really curious now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. And he was talking about how in Kupapiti, of course, like the the mining town and the, and the terrain of it is so interesting. But actually what really kind of like. I guess grips his attention. I don't know the right way to phrase it because it's actually so dark and so heavy is that he's so, I guess, like invested in the ethics of how paternalistic the area of Kubapiti is and how he ran into these people there that were employed um, in Kubapiti to like enforce um, 
I don't even know how to phrase it, enforce on Indigenous people, like, um, rules about, uh, like, drinking was his example and how the personal freedoms of these Indigenous people in Cooperpedia, like, so, like, heavily policed. And we said, so that's, like, why you like to go to Cooperpedia? <laughs> so are you excited to go back? And then he was like, yeah. you know, it's like Soweto. They have apartheid in South Africa, but there's apartheid happening in our own country. He was so oh my God. fierce. He this was is, like, how long is his Uber ride? This is quite a well, lot of Carlton ground. Well, Carlton I mean... Oh my God. Fucking depressing. You know depressed. what I mean? Oh, my God. Like, um, and, and we walked out of the car and we were like... Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> like, wasn't he? Wasn't he delightful? <laughs> and he was. He was. So, what did you give him his right? Given him his Having, star rating. What do you we think should, we should we do? Should. The only know. right thing to do is, is five stars. Yeah, five stars. we have to give him five stars. Um, <laughs> For the lovely <laughs> conversation. <laughs> I did have the option. I didn't even know you could do this, and it actually makes me sad to think that anyone is clicking this button. But when I ordered the Uber, it gave me the choice to declare that I didn't want conversation. <laughs> Before you get is that in an the option now? You can do that. You can say no conversation. And then you get in the front seat next to, next to <laughs> Oh my God. He's like, Soweto, you know? <laughs> wow. There's this artist that we've been really obsessed with at the moment called um, Dan Mitchell. I don't know if you've seen his like collages. Oh. They're really cool. Um, and like all really like graphic and explicit. And there's this one that I had stuck in my mind as Nicholas was talking to us, which is, um, you know, it's like all these like, really graphic like uh collages of like porn that make out words and this one says austerity of the mind where's the text coming from the text is like there's like two realms there's um there's the through the text there's the pornographic imagery and then like above the text is like a swimming pool like a glistening swimming pool and the okay, text yeah. is like really graphic so you're looking at like a really bold you know, all caps, austerity of the mind. Okay, intense. <laughs> Which is sort of the opposite of how we feel about you. No. Kind of your work. <laughs> <laughs> I could, look, never say never. <laughs> this is so much more, um, you know, fun and potentially light in contrast, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, for now. <laughs> for now, for now. The curiosity hasn't led you to oh, I'm, one, I'm one Uber away. You're one Uber away, away from, from Cooper Austerity <laughs> From Cooper Pedy. How, how, how much would it cost to take an Uber to Cooper Pedy? Sure. Yeah. Although I've driven, Would you ask for conversation? <laughs> I think so. I mean, I've driven. I actually to get my hours is a driving related anecdote, I guess. Oh, yeah. To get my we L's hours, I drove to Perth and back. No way. With my mum. That's no a way. long freaking drive. Was a lot of, and the, like... There's a lot of talking, so I'm quite a fan of. What is, wow. Quite yeah. a. I'm. I'm it's I'm a strong yes in <laughs> long car chat with what's the other driver's name? Nicholas. 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 Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Whatever the... You would have got through all the world's issues, I can tell you that yeah, much. Totally. I'm sure I would be very diplomatic you know, as to the different You know who was carrying the weight of the world's shoulders on his hands? Nicholas. Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas shrugged. Get out of here, Atlas. Fuck <laughs> Atlas. Um, so, you, yeah, you, you're mapping everything, you know, somehow feels like a map. You've mapped Sydney, I'm assuming, to Perth. Yeah, this is true. L's. On my L's. Mm-hmm. Um, your which didn't make has not made me a great driver i would add oh okay Aww. that's a shame because you're too busy chatting away to your mum exactly it's all, a straight, it's all a straight line. line it's all a straight line right 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 
which is not the way that you work. You're looking for the lateral, the um, yeah, the turn off. Extremely. As Robert lateral. Frost would say, the road less traveled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved this work that you made as well. That also to do with mapping for the exposure site show. Mm-hmm. Um, was that the end of last year? Yeah, the and kind of uh, large. I suppose like expanded mind map. That was awesome. <laughs> and so was inkjet map. printed onto the wall. Yeah, so this is where I was, be- I was, I was probably being really annoying, but I had this <clears throat> idea to listen into the ultra high frequency radio waves of the Port of Melbourne because mm-hmm. I was oh. at the time kind of quite curious about. Um, I've read this book by Alan Sukler called Fish Story, which is this amazing collection of kind of photo essays and essays about his time traveling on cargo ships and how mm. the ocean and um, shipping networks are kind of the economies made physical and also the the sea is this site of so many stories whether they be kind of social political or kind of mythological like yeah, well. the sea is this great unknown mm. so i suppose as an entry into that i thought i would just go listen to the high frequency radio to see what it would be and when it came to presenting that work installing it as a medium it felt appropriate to use the same kind of inkjet marking that they use in plywood and on uh, yeah. logistics terminals. Okay, totally. It's like formally totally... it was really annoying well, yeah, to do, but I, I mean, I'm quite happy with how it, I know, it turned out. Because it looks, it looks like at the same time, like quite designed, but also it has the, um, I guess like index of the um, industrial kind of nature of that. Mm. Um, and of also that when you printing. like look on a radio, mm. it's that same kind of, uh, eight-bit numbered pattern that totally. has, makes yes. up the text. Totally. It has, like, right. a universality to it as well. Um, yeah, so that was would... the first thing I noticed was the, um, like, the font. The, mm. um... Yeah. And I think it's something that I, I, like, consciously draw on within my work when it comes to trying to make decisions that it's drawn from the, the project or the body of research that it's engaging with. And mm. um, I suppose that dedication to that over time Mm. communicates and i guess through that is like why you're getting these um you know maybe like formally diverse outcomes like the mobile versus um you're talking about again like 3d printing and did you say cnc um or cnc milling milling yeah i think i'm i'm consciously uh thinking about tone as to how kind of as the practice develops and the visual language continues these projects do kind of become aligned, mm. but they inevitably, inevitably, I suppose, diverge. But they're pretty consistent in each project always has like a story mm. behind its production. Like with that mind map mm. work, it started with me kind of at the docks with a handheld radio, but then ex- extended to there's a subsection there called Peter Palaska. Where is that on the map? On the bottom left. So I, I started, it was really like, I started listening to like um, I suppose hacked high frequency stream online uh-huh. on a kind of broad, broadcastify.com which was run by this like high frequency radio enthusiast called Peter Palaska who wow. never met but an eclectic guy and he did you get in contact with him? I tried but could never but I found his Twitter and I found his YouTube subscriptions and in, in like 2014 or 2011 or something he was his house was raided by the Australian Communications and Media Authority oh, for no. broadcasting these high frequency wow. themes and then all of a sudden that's the same uh, uh, what do you call it 
regular regu- regulatory enforcement that enforces Carl and Jackie O when Carl will swear on the radio waves, wow. and then so wow. you just go further and further. Thank down God we're the not under their jurisdiction. Oh I mean, my yeah. God, we'd be fucking screwed. <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I love this, the way that there's such like a sense of humor present in the work as well. Like, obviously, we've got um, this character, Peter Pulaska, who's connected to Kyle and Jackie O and the Alan Jones breakfast show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether, whether we like it or not. Whether we, whether like, whether it we like it or not. or not. We like to play these games of, um, of degrees of separation. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you have any interesting degrees of separation? Uh, that you'd like to brag about Ooh. as someone who's clearly, you know, focused on charting those connections and, and seeing, um, seeing them. I don't think so. Cause I'm not, I can't even think of the most famous person that I've met. Maybe I met Damien. I met like Damien Hurst's studio manager once. And I thought that was exciting. <laughs> yeah. That is pretty exciting. <laughs> he got annoyed at me because I kept asking Dave questions about Damien Hurst. And he was like, shut what up. What kind mate. of questions were you asking? The same sort of ones you'll ask the dentist tomorrow? No, I think <laughs> probably even more boring if that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think in that relation, no, it was. He's actually got a son who's like a paints Air Force Ones that I thought was really quite humorous. Mm. Damien Hurst. Yeah, Damien Hurst has got a son. No, no way. way. He's kind of like in so his, you're two degrees of separation mid, from the son. From the son who's kind of in his mid-twenties who paints mm. custom Air Force Ones. No way. If you could For get a huge a profit. Of, wow, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> when your dad's um, Damien Hurst, you could do anything to an Air Force One and people would pay for it. Um, if you could get a pair of Air Force Ones customised... Um, what would th- what would be on them? Uh, Atlas with the, the weight of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Not I don't know. Well, definitely died in died? some sense. Uh-huh. Maybe like dipped in tar would be quite interesting. Nice. That would be cool. Nice. That would be cool. Yeah, something of a textural to it as well. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Mix it totally. up. Yeah, mix it up. It's got a bit of edge there. Change it. I'm sure Valenciaga or something is done. Are they tar shoes? I don't know about. We, <laughs> we, one of our first episodes ever was. Um, oh, it was actually called. What was the title of? It was like our second episode yeah, two years I don't ago. Remember the name of it? Uh, yeah, I feel like it was something really vile, but it was about the Margiela shoes that kind of look like they've been ejaculated on. We should pull up a picture. Have <laughs> you seen them? Um, you can do anything with sneakers these days. <laughs> and you should. Where's, where's the where's the cum sneakers on your on your billion years ago time? <laughs> <laughs> Could be like, is it a is it a? Checking it's a contemporary invention, oh. or it's the a there's, maybe the there's cum. historical reference to cum sandals and there's well, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a there's a there's a lineage That's that so we're not funny aware that of. You changed the word to sandals. <laughs> Yeah, hectic. Hectic, hectic. You kind of, kind I wish Damien Hurst's son kind, would do this. It's kind of I what know. I imagine. It's kind of what I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, there's not too much... Um, to glean from that. Other yeah. Than, yeah. Um, okay, and we've got another chart here. <laughs> <laughs> we've got another chart here um, that is more connected to the current body of work that's developing for the show in um, October... Um, and it starts with the Big Bang and it ends with artificial intelligence. Um, 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> and yet the toothache remains. Yeah, so it was... Yeah, right. I suppose this timeline or... Um, I suppose it's a... From my, I suppose, initial research was kind of key milestones in... Or our, I suppose, our creation story as we understand it. It's like the Big Bang mm. 14 billion years ago formation of the earth and solar system 4.5 billion years ago and then kind of jumping to um language i'm not sure maybe a hundred thousand years ago very can really vary to then kind of the industrial revolution and this is written language because how did we had humans and culture before language is that i really yeah they have humans and culture that like one million years ago these these um i suppose milestones are so vague and there's yeah. no way of knowing it's more kind of an approximation or in the same way that i love how declarative they are though i yes. know right. and you <laughs> in kind here of it looks like, like i've just decided right no but you, you, are... but you have decided like which one is a milestone and which not like <laughs> you're totally what there's things. a lot missing <laughs> what did you skip between those years well there's like five extinction events and like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, dinosaurs, the dinosaurs aren't on there oh yeah dinosaurs didn't make the cut this is really this is enough. really kind of the um was it? The history is written, written by the winner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, by the victor, absolutely. History is so you're calling by yourself the, the victor. The victor with the two kids. Over the dinosaurs for now. But for w- now. For now, yeah. I wonder for if now. dinosaurs had um, tooth decay. And would they be right? Would they be, you know, drawing diagrams like this? And if they had they sucked around, if they would they even suffer an extinction humans. event. <laughs> would they even add humans to their. Probably not. Probably. They'd have other things going on. But it, yeah, this kind of. Um, after reading the, I suppose, ancient Assyrian creation story and, and kind of inherently thought about our own understanding of where we've come mm-hmm. from and where we're going and mm-hmm. comparing the two. And it, I found it kind of interesting that despite all of our progress that we've made, um, we're still left with the same end point, in a sense, being that mm-hmm. the toothache and the decay. And perhaps there's a a more inherent relationship between appetite and that drive for progress mm-hmm. um, and complexity as the world kind of increases uh, that there's always, it might always come with this decay mm. and yeah, I'm excited to kind of explore that visually through some uh, use of color and material in the show, but mm. also it's in the same way. I think myths are really powerful because they're so, obtuse and vague but can speak to so many different contexts it's this the the example of this toothache and decay it's so common and Mm. relatable to everyone that well that's what they say about like um about conversation is that uh you know everyone has a, a story about their teeth if you wanted to like get a group of people talking if you wanted to break the ice mm. um uh, the best way to do it is to talk about dental history because everyone's got some like interesting, you know, shit to say about their teeth. Yeah. Um, and in that way, it's almost like not interesting to hear about people's teeth, <laughs> is it? But, um, but uh, yeah, that's I, I have heard that specifically. Mm. Um, it makes sense. And I think it's funny within the context of us sitting down yeah. and I've just met you guys for the first time meet, meeting for the first time and um, <laughs> we get to chat intimately about dental histories about stuff. what's going on inside our mouths and despite this kind of like um, inevitable decay and also like 
the the way that like in Australia we have free healthcare, but dental care is like the blind spot mm. of, of all of that, and it can be such an expensive and like devastatingly, <laughs> devastatingly, um, like health wise, really mm. devastating health issue. Um, I don't know. That's really interesting to me. I was gonna say something, but I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, but the like dental record is so often something that like uh because it's so permanent like it's used to like identify people that have right you know like gone through like crazy um violent deaths and can't be Mm. identified (laughs) otherwise it's really big and like it's can be a a real equalizer or revealing of if like if you've got stress you grind your teeth it's Mm. it appears in your your dental records if you've got a terrible diet mm. it's in your dental records um i'm sure i don't know if you're a terrible person i don't know if it shows maybe. in your dental records oh but God, it's yeah. like maybe it, maybe there's something something else in there it's, it's very yeah i wonder you can't you know, it's like you can't hide from your teeth no no <laughs> totally. you know we do um palm readings um what other, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> there's like a history of phrenology i wonder what um what kind of like phrenological history there's ever been about um reading people's teeth i'm sure there's a holistic dentist out there oh yeah for sure wow, holistic dentistry <laughs> with, with francis comedy with a bit of psych- psychics and tarot and bully <laughs> <laughs> tooth alignment reading i lost tomorrow morning yeah please yeah i wonder if they get taught about because you know how in like in like your like art history education um they'll like reveal to you or try to reveal to you the um potential biases in study and how um you kind of have to look at things in an expanded way or a skeptical way what in dentist education would (laughs) would try to um uncover um you know narratives about dentistry that perhaps are like harmful to being a dentist right (laughs) You're asking the wrong room. <laughs> Just, it's justice for dentists. <laughs> oh, man. It's um, pretty funny. And then, okay, so very, it seems very intentionally the end of your list here, um, starting with the Big Bang about um, evo- the Western evolution story, is artificial intelligence, um, which is obviously something that... Um, economists are interested in Mm -hmm. artists are interested in Mm -hmm. um writers are interested in um why why is it ending there for you is that does it does artificial intelligence have a place in your practice um i suppose increasingly it came about like this list was just a it looks it's been printed out i put it on a word doc and did some very impressive um graphic designing i've just changed oh, yeah. the, f- the font sizes <laughs> um so it looks really quite formal but it started as just a, a drawing and artificial it, thinking about kind of milestones and where they are approximated in relation to each other and mm-hmm. like as you said ai has become it's very topical it's mm. a big buzzword and mm. it felt appropriate to put it on the list i would say i haven't been using it a whole much a whole lot but for this kind of uh investigation i i did consult it and Mm. i find it really interesting that it's that it hallucinates Mm. and has this kind of tendency to make stuff up and it's this consult you kind of consult it because it's this collective of everything but it's not quite right and i thought it would be Mm -hmm. interesting in this project to or the i guess the 
initial research of the project to consult it like a psychic or Mm. um or an oracle and i gave it the list i'd made and asked it i actually gave it the list i'd made and this tooth incantation and asked the ai to write rewrite the story in the style of the tooth incantation which of course it did like instantly Mm. and it's not i mean it's a bit grandiose but it's it's not terrible (laughs) and so it's kind of interesting not terrible not terrible terrible. but it's like it's the fact that it hallucinates and makes stuff up it it felt appropriate to to use it in this sense for Mm. sure for sure and you can totally imagine it as when you ascribe it this quality of like hallucination through um what words it's kind of generating it's easy to imagine it as like that oracle character yeah almost so we've got this text here is this still a part of the um the work that you're making i'm debating whether i include an audio component i'm excited for the show because sculpturally there'll be a presentation of capricorn presentation of cancer mm. the two tropics and characters and a presentation of i suppose the world mm-hmm. which means that the gallery space itself becomes this kind of celestial other space that i guess a white cube already is but mm. i'm working with some lighting designers and i want to change the Great. floor and i'm debating whether i include an audio component or some kind of story i, I think it might be a little overkill but there's mm-hmm. something in this this text even just as a text mm-hmm. in the exhibition notes i quite I quite like. Yeah, cool. I really enjoy the way that the AI is using certain words. Um, and do you want to read a bit out? Yeah, yeah I think you yeah, should. Yeah, yeah. Um, because the language, as we're saying, is quite different to um, to the to the prompt, and that's the sort of hallucinogenic aspect of it. Is um, is uh, those maybe unpredictable? words anyway in the time when the cosmos birthed forth and the celestial realms took form when the earth emerged in radiant splendor and the dance of planets began to adorn from the primordial soup life awakened first replicators dna and rna entwined giving rise to organisms wondrous and complex through sexual reproduction a marvel of design (laughs) then came dawn of humanity's embrace with culture and knowledge we took our stand a million years ago, our journey commenced in realms of thought, creation and command. Beautiful that it's saying our journey. Yeah, we're in this As together. The AI, <laughs> the AI is like, you and me both. <laughs> Yet amidst our progress, a relic remains, a humble affi- affliction that endures in pain. Through the ages, it lingers and persists a reminder of frailty in life's intricate chain. As language unfolded, a tapestry of words and agriculture flourished, nourishing our kind, written scripts etched tales of wisdom and law but still a spectre loomed an ailment unrefined in the wake of the industrial revolutions might technologies emerged shaping a new age but this lingering burden untouched by progress defied our endeavors and enigmatic sage advancements in computing realms of the small unveiled new vistas where innovation abounds yet the shadow of discomfort in stubborn resolve remained unabated amidst technological bounds and as the certain rows of artificial intelligence promising new frontiers realms beyond our sight the human condition with its joys and its strife persevered though the toothache which remained out of sight so let us reflect on our grand human tale acknowledging progress and wonders untold and humbly aware that some things persist for the toothache endures a story yet to be fully unfold Hmm. (laughs) how (laughs) 
I know, it's so crazy how quickly it generates that. Yeah, like 10 seconds. Don't stop me reading. Thank yeah. you, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I wonder how that will kind of like fit into the exhibition. Have you always been mainly, um, I guess like, like is sculpture usually the form that you work with? I'd say no, but inc- it, it, it's feeling increasingly increasingly relevant. Mm. I think with these, it'll, it's kind of part of the research and it's, it's why it's exciting to have conversations like this to kind of mm-hmm. get into it and enjoy the, the fun and the humour of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think sculpture, sculpture is something I feel quite yeah, excited about to tell these stories, particularly from a narrative, a narrative sense. Mm-hmm. I do have some kind of other ideas that are more 2D Mm. 2D work and some film work but it's mm-hmm. I think as a um, a body of work I'm definitely on a sculptural bend at the moment yeah cool sure, I sure. feel like often with and then really seeing it through the um, P sculpture um, often with like uh, 3D printed stuff it's easy to kind of like um, head towards the realm of like sci-fi or using kind of like science Mm. fiction motifs even like when we were talking about the tools of the dentist before i immediately thought of david cronenberg and the the tools of like this is very cronenberg it's so cronenberg like the the tools of dead ringers or like the um gaming devices in existence yeah and Um, it's funny because i never really considered science fiction in relation to my practice but it, right. it's something I kind of came across like last year and I was like it just makes so much sense like I've mm. been really interested in fiction and narrative and stories mm. and mm. speculation and research and magic and then I was like and equally so with science and equally so with science like my both my grandparents were scientists and it was something I wanted to be as a kid and it's also a discipline that's incredibly receptive to cold calling and emails mm. and I kind of came to it because I was thinking tonally about like what the tone of exhibitions and works might look like and how I might be able to draw a thread between between them and it just kind of clicked and I was like fuck why have I not been doing this before (laughs) yeah right yeah and I guess like um even like uh coming like I don't know I was like raised on sci-fi movies as a kid that was definitely like the thing that we um watched as a family you know and um coming back around to it like (laughs) Um, getting older and coming back around to it, um, knowing the term speculative fiction yeah. makes it like feel all the more like relevant or interesting or yeah. something. Um, and is like such a different like the idea of speculative fiction um, or like narrative in art is such a different. Um, it feels different as an entry point into thinking about um, futures Mm -hmm. and thinking about um, investigating things, especially Mm. through like a scientific lens. And I was interested in what you said about um, (laughs) scientists being really receptive to cold calls and emails. And I guess that's because of their investigative nature. Really? Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, I think like some of the fastest email replies I've ever gotten are from scientists. Were they? I've never met. Yeah. Yeah, no previous relation. Interesting. I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, were they? Were there any scientists apart? I really, really loved. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm forgetting the name, but the um, work that you made about the lost hats. Mm. Oh yes. Were there any scientists involved in that work? There was some. Um, I suppose for that project, I sourced 
uh, 15 Lost Hats and tried mm-hmm. to find their owners by kind of consulting a, ver- a variety of various experts. I went to the police for a description. Mm. I went to the psychic for an object-based reading, kind of um, tell me about the previous owner. I got them all DNA tested with a... Um, at a community-led bio-research lab in Brunswick. Cool. Wow. And so I suppose that's where the scientific community was. Mm-hmm. Um, I also went to kind of a QVC, ITVSN, daytime televisions salesperson to mm-hmm. do like a reverse sales pitch, like what kind of person would you oh, sell wow. this hat to? <laughs> that's so really laterally thinking about yes, how different yes. identities are constructed and how you might generate a story right. from this kind of absurd act and I think that was the first time that I'd kind of gone through a process of comprehensive outreach and mm. it's a, it's a core thing that I still continue with and I really enjoy it mm. I suppose that's where the alibi line has come from mm. so it right, like started right. at that work as a way to kind of like I think it was, a, it was around a little bit before then but that's kind of the first Mm. one where I was like oh this this could if you can work out a way to make this a project and I would say formally that for that that show I'm still critical of how I presented it Mm. and partially this sculptural bend is a way of um, distilling these kind of decisions and story elements of the process Mm -hmm. but still ending up with quite a formal art object at the end of it that you can Mm. then um, exhibit or engage with the exhibition language yeah right so interesting to think about how that like working backwards and uh retracing your steps um can only occur through um as you said like um uh like reaching out to people quite literally and um and uh connecting with um strangers i'm I'm not sure how to put it but um no most definitely like it's it's funny when the dots connect going backwards because you're like, fuck. Okay. <laughs> and so, Makes you wonder about what you're doing now. But. Yeah. And because it is all, all about curiosity and, and your, um, uh, your investigation out of curiosity for, you know, for myself and for anyone listening, what, uh, what did you discover through that, you know, process? Well, I learned that... Well, about the work itself, but also like about the hats. About the hats specifically. <laughs> I suppose if you lost a hat in 2018 in August, call me. Call me. I might. <laughs> I might have it. Oh, you still have them. I still have them. All of them. I've got all of them. No. Did that... you ever wear any of them out? No. I I'm not a hat person. <laughs> right. Well, you said it's earlier. Not, before... It's not any um, moral reasoning no right, so right, right. before before we started recording you said something about wearing many hats i didn't know you quite literally oh, meant fig- yeah, figuratively no i'm figuratively. not a, i can't something about my head shape <laughs> except long hair it wasn't quite wasn't quite right but i learned a lot about i think none of the dna tests came back conclusive with any result mm. sure. and i naively thought like and part of the reason that i picked hats as an item to <clears throat> kind of explore was like oh I got your hair I can mm. clone you or like the, the th- I'd always heard growing up that that story of like a person's hair is the sum of their being mm. not true it's like a fresh hair follicle from oh the surface to like be a conclusive result not like oh, a stale okay. old piece of hair from velcro for like that's six what months. the movies don't tell you that's what the movies don't tell you or like voodoo I don't know if that works for voodoo dolls maybe 
Yeah. Uh, that probably, I would imagine, like has a different um, functional element to it that maybe doesn't require the follicle in the same way a DNA. I don't think it's quite does. as like, um, yeah, We're te- technically on... um, <laughs> strict voodoo. Like, I think mm. probably they're a bit more expanded in their way of. Um, in that in that technology in that technology i think it's probably a bit more yeah most definitely <laughs> more advanced <laughs> um and what what was the experience of getting an object reading from a psychic how do you feel because we've, we've been speaking about you know the speculative um aspect of your work and also your interest in um how ai could hallucinate or you know be treated as an as an oracle mm. um uh, are you a superstitious person um what do you enjoy about um superstitious is the wrong word, but yeah yeah i suppose my relationship with the psychic was transactional mm. right mm-hmm. I right paid for an hour and said i've got these hats i think it i won't say her name but she was very lovely uh-huh. i think at first she was a bit worried that i was doing this project as a way to kind of dupe her or like right, oh, right, right. you said yeah. this and actually it's wrong but it's oh, i think right. which is not at all the the intention but once i think i kind of I was, I'm genuinely um, intrigued as to any readings or feelings that, that she had, mm. and she had a lot to say. Interesting. Mm. So you were, you were met with a kind of skepticism from the psychic, maybe because, <laughs> because she kind of knew something about you, but, um, <laughs> yeah, she, but like, she knew something already, and that's why she was she like, got this, a read on you. This kid. She got a read on you. <laughs> she, wanted to do, she kept wanting to do like my tarot throughout the th- you were like, thing. no, this is not about me. This yeah, is this about, about the, hats. the hat. She said, you're going to want to hear this. <laughs> I got something for you. A little something extra. Like the, like the jaw massage. Well, she, um, and I think she, from memory, she thought that I might have a little bit of psychic in me too for right. wanting to do this, this project. Right. Which I don't think I would claim, but... Maybe that's, that's something right. to explore later. You know, you are your next work. very interested in speculation. <laughs> no, I'm thinking about the way we, you know, um, in contemporary art... Um, stories are like investigated or how research is kind of conducted and how um, how that you know obviously has to manifest some way in the gallery space and you've been saying sure. that sculpture is the way at the moment that it's um, manifesting for you mm. um, if you if you didn't have to leave kind of like an index of um, the work in the gallery space I wonder what alternate modes you could like continue investigating oh, almost yeah. definitely i Start think a podcast could could do i don't be looking for a third <laughs> an off branch of, okay maybe i'll start with a segment a picture segment. <laughs> yeah like um like a columnist yeah, <laughs> that science guy who did segments on um what what podcast? my dad likes him Dr. Carl. Dr. Carl. Everyone's dr carl dr carl everyone's dad carl. likes dr carl anyway you're gonna say um just on like um oh, yeah, uh, free form investigation yeah for sure i think like i always use like nathan for you as an example of a that tv show well we were we were talking to audrey about something and she said oh my god you have to watch the rehearsal yeah but it was just... like but i don't know what it was about do you remember when why she was saying I don't that remember. oh I don't my remember god i haven't Contact. i haven't seen it but i think it's from my understanding, it's like a show where everything is scripted, except mm. like to the nth degree, except the person who's participating, like the kind of not prank, but the the normal person who's unaware that everything's rehearsed. But it's I, I like his approach as an example of how ideas can be formatted through 
artworks or podcasts or TV shows or books or movies. But I think once you make that decision to enter or express that idea through that realm, you've got to use or you're using that the language of that mm. space or industry, whether you, you're um, contacting against or mm. pushing against the boundaries mm. or um, tropes or mm. you're Which the, exploiting the, them. the the um, mm. art kind of world invites mm. um, as like uh, as opposed to, I guess, like other forms which would resist the resistance, you know, like the, yeah, the kind of right. like art world would instead invite the kind of like more free form expanded um, resisting the, I guess, tropes and limitations. So I guess then the next question is um, why should this investigation happen in the art world then? Or why is it receptive to this kind of form of investigation? I think I find something really interesting and powerful about exhibition making and something quite satisfying and mm. I suppose as someone who's still emerging it's I still would like to make exhibitions and complete them mm. I'm not I suppose it's not like an exclusive interest I have kind of um, curiosities that I suppose lie outside of art and other mm. languages but for the time being it's kind of a really not even the time being. I can see it as this, it's a space where you're incredibly free and are given so much. I mean, it's really, it has its challenges, but there's the opportunity at least for so much to be to said and as a role of an artist, particularly contemporary with so many different techniques and um, technologies at your fingertips, I get really excited by it. Mm. Mm. There's just something that feels right. Yeah, awesome. I think that's a perfect reason. Totally. And um, and the perfect place for us to uh, to say uh, thank you for sitting down with us and um, joining us on the pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the way that we sign off, Francis, is we... Is there an intro to the pod? Oh, we can There's play it for you intro. afterwards. Oh, Charles just made it. a new intro. It's fucking bad shit. It's vile. <laughs> it's, Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's getting really disgusting at this point. Um, we'll have to check with Audrey if, if we're allowed to use our regular, our regular programming intro. Um, yeah. intro for... yeah, we might have to make one that's, um, you know, Un and Gertrude friendly. Yes. Um, I forget the name of the... What's the Victorian version of the grant granting people? Like, not create New South Wales, but like something Vic. Create Vic. Yeah, Create Vic might not sign off on the intro that we have. Wow, we're really sounding <laughs> interesting. Um, well, what's the outro? That sounds, okay, the, the outro, outro is, is a lot more gentle. <laughs> it's really gentle. We um we seal it with a loving kiss. Uh, we started our um our conversations uh, sending love letters to each other from abroad. Um, I was living abroad for a few years, and um so we we seal it with a loving kiss, and we make a little kissy face and go. So you're welcome to join us sealing it with a loving kiss. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.